720 WGN. It is Dane here with you. Hi, atop Chicago in the Skyline Studio in Dean until 11. And we've got an eclectic blend. We've got a little bit of fast and a little bit of food. Coming up on the show, we are going to be talking with Brian Crichton. He is the uh, the president of Talladega Super Speedway. As they get ready for the playoff race today, Julie Giese from Phoenix International will be joining us as well, talking about the playoffs, the championship, and, of course, the Chicago Street Race. We are going to talk with IndyCar champion Will Power as well. And Tuffy Stone and Chris Flesher are going to join us to talk a little barbecue and uh, and the Jack coming up. And, of course, the Blackhawks are playing to a sold-out crowd in Milwaukee tonight of all things happening. But the fastest thing going on today, without question, is the NHRA. And we're going to go live to Worldwide Technology Race, where we've got the uh, rider of the El Bandito Yankee Pro Stock Motorcycle, the one and only flying Ryan Ayler. Ryan, welcome to WGN. Hey, how's it going? How's it, well, how's it going with you? We know it's going fast. For you, I know this show is going to be fast, but you're getting ready for driver introductions and for that Sunday down there in St. Louis. Well, it's in, it's in Illinois, but you can see the arch. That's right. That's right. We're definitely proud to be uh, representing for Illinois here. You know, the Illinois boys are in town, and uh, we're showing everybody a good time. We're showing everybody that we're finally uh, getting the monkey off our back and that we're uh, getting our program back uh, in the right direction. We had some uh, had some success over the weekend. We've had to make some big changes in the last few weeks. And uh, it's all starting to come together. But, boy, did we put on a show on Saturday for everybody. We had uh, one of our best runs of the year, but it laid down a smoke trail from the starting line to the finish line at nearly 200 mile an hour. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it made, a, made a little bit of a mess, and everyone couldn't believe it because normally when you see that kind of smoke, you don't have performance behind it as well. But we had performance, and, uh, and uh, it, was, it was interesting to see uh, such a quick pass with such a, a mile of smoke behind it. Well, NHRA gives a lot of showtime for the fans, not only that immediate gratification of the sights and the sounds in all of those victories on a regular basis, but also a huge crowd. I mean, there's been great crowds this year. The racing has been great, but St. Louis or Worldwide Technology, I think of it the St. Louis market, and they do too, but that track, they've got a great fan base. Yeah, they sure do. You know, you got people from all over the country that come to these these races. you got people that seek out certain events that uh, fit their schedule, and uh, now that we're getting into the fall, this is kind of a the last stretch for the, the hometown crowd uh, from, you know, El- Illinois and surrounding states to come check us out. So, uh, yeah, we're, we definitely got a, a stands were packed, and uh, we've, we're real fortunate to have beautiful weather here this weekend. So now it's day for uh, eliminations. It's time to turn on the wind lights, and we'll hopefully we can do that for everybody. We see you right in the mix for all of it, and, of course, we'll be cheering for you, everybody uh, in the El Bandito Yankee team, of course, and everybody who loves beautiful things going fast, and that is that motorcycle. So, Ryan, as we let you go, give the information out where people can follow you on social media and catch up with things. Of course, they'll be watching the races today. Yep, Flying Ryan at Facebook, Flying Ryan PSM on Instagram, and uh and check out all the all the stuff we got going on out there. Our website is uh, blindryanracing.com, and uh, we're definitely uh, trying to uh, put our best foot forward as we're in the hunt for the championship countdown here. And uh, this weekend, we're hopefully uh, put a, put all of our feet in the right direction. Yeah, be safe. Hope to see you on stage with the Wally this weekend. And thanks again for jumping on the show today. All right, thank you very much, Dane. Have a good one. All right, you too. We are going to take a break, and we come back. The world of uh, of racing, all eyes are on Talladega as the playoffs are happening at one legendary track, Talladega Super Speedway. We're going to have the president of that facility, Brian Crichton, joining us after the break. So keep it here. It's Dane, 720 WGN. We are here on Sunday until 11, and we are talking a little fast. We are talking a little food. We are also talking a little forecast, and while we wait 
for uh, Brian Crichton to get in with us from Talladega Super Speedway. I know I checked the weather out there, and of course, this is not uh, you know Dave Schwann's focus. He does not have to you know monitor the weather around the country. He's got his own focus for it. But so I did a little bit of working on that myself, and I got it at uh, it's about eighty degrees. It's going to be eighty degrees and sunny. And one of the things that people look forward to on our, oh, it looks like Brian may be calling in. So we're gonna we're gonna probably talk with him. Uh, but Dave Schwann, stay tuned for that. So all the Dean fans that love what it is that Dave does and uh, bring. And in that forecast side, we're going to have that as well. Is this, we got them? There we go. All right. And so here's the thing. The the world of racing, the eyes are all uh, going to be on Talladega right now, not only because of that iconic track and the racing that happens there all the time, but of course it is the playoffs. And uh, outside of the millions that will be watching on television, 175,000 people will be screaming as well. The man with his hand on the pulse of all of that action is the one and only president of Talladega Super Speedway, Brian Crichton. Brian, welcome to WGN. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, we I'm overlooking the uh, the beautiful Talladega Super Speedway right now, which is now the fifth largest city in the state of Alabama. It is expansive, Brian. And for those people that have been to races, of course, we we highlight those road trips on a regular basis. There is nothing bigger, and I don't think you can really justify it without actually being there in person and seeing it. You, you can. I mean, I can. I can talk until I'm blue in the face about it. I can talk about just all of the different things that are here: the 33 degrees of banking, the 2,700 acres, the camping, the atmosphere. Just you, you, you don't really get it until you're here. And you got those uh, legendary fans that have joined that speedway for many, many decades. But Talladega, as much as it's for all those purists, the same in many ways on the racing experience, the fan experience. You guys have upgraded. We'll be talking with Julie Giese a little bit after the bottom of the hour, and you know that experience is great as they did that renovation that transformation happened in talladega so talk about it for people who may have been to talladega in the past they need to make another trip they do, yeah. We did a, uh, a $50 million in, uh, infield renovation project, uh, Talladega Garage Experience. The number one question we get asked is, how can I be in the garages? I want to be in the garages. And obviously, since it's a competition area, we can't put everybody in the garages. Um, but we did the next best thing. We built this Talladega Garage Experience around the garages. So you can walk under the same roof. And the only thing that separates you from the nose of the race car is a four-foot fence and about five feet. So you see the drivers, you see the crews, you see the crew chief, you see, you know, all the industry folks that are there, and they come up and they interact with the the, the fans that are on the fence there. Uh, we also have Victory Lane as part of Talladega Garage Experience. We have a stage where we do question and answer sessions. We have a kid zone, a game zone. Um, just it, It's almost like an amusement park that we build, and it's just, it's phenomenal. And, and we also have value price concessions there. So $2 bottles of water, $2 cooked products, $2 hot dogs. It's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, that's super consider it for the family who wants to get out and have that great day out and doesn't want to break the bank on the concession side. So you think about being able to get up close and personal with the crew chiefs and the drivers, but a lot of times NASCAR fans want to get up close with other NASCAR fans. And I don't think there's any bigger sort of configuration of fans and RVs. It's 2,700, I think I read somewhere, RVs that you guys have in that camping section. You have experiences for every age and maybe a little bit older with Talladega Boulevard and some of that commiseration that happens there. Talk about the <laughs> fan experience in the infield. Yeah, so we have 2,700 RV spots in our infield alone. Uh, we have a graphic where we can fit all 14 SEC football stadiums inside of our infield, and I think when they expand with uh, Oklahoma and Texas, I think we can fit those in there too. 
But, yes, it, it's completely sold out of those 2,700 RV spots. The atmosphere has been just unbelievable all, during the weekend. And uh, Talladega Boulevard is uh, something to see. But it's like they say, what happens on the boulevard stays on the boulevard. I, I, so we had a Chase Rice concert last night free that was in the infield. We did a rodeo in our infield on uh, on Friday night, a huge fireworks show after that. Um, so, you know, one of our sayings is this is more than a race. This is Talladega because of all the extra uh, curricular activities that we do throughout the race weekend. So many ways to experience it and enjoy it. We'll have links up at WGNRadio.com for that. People all around the country, around the world, and, of course, there on site will be enjoying the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega. We'll let you get back to it. We know it's going to be a busy day, Brian, but thanks so much for everything you're doing, and thanks for jumping on the show today. Well, thank you very much for uh, having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, I worked with Julie Giese, uh down in Daytona for five years, so please tell her that Brian said hi. <laughs> I definitely will. Thanks, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. That's Brian Crichton. A lot of people going to be down there. Great weather. Of course, Dave Schwann could tell you that because he knows the weather's got his hand on the pulse of, uh, of the sunny skies around there. Certainly will be happening in Alabama. So, uh, Dave... Are you there? Good morning. Yes. There you are. And so I know there's a lot of Dean Richards fans that are excited to hear what you're going to highlight and focus on today with your far-flung forecast. Well, we go out to the Dakotas today, uh, Dane. And good morning, everybody. As we say, get out your compasses and your protractors because we head west and northwest to Keystone, South Dakota. Keystone, South Dakota has a population of 240. It started in uh, the 1880s as a mining town, but we mentioned Keystone, South Dakota, because 95 years ago, this coming Tuesday, Keystone, South Dakota became a lot of activity because it is very close to what is now Mount Rushmore, uh, the Mount Rushmore National Monument. Keystone is just a few miles away, and 95 years ago, this Tuesday, work began on Mount Rushmore there in South Dakota, showcasing four presidents, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Theodore Roosevelt. It took 12 years to finish, and uh, over a million dollars, which of course was a lot of money in the 1920s and 1930s. <laughs> it still kind of is. <laughs> but it was finally finished uh, 12 years after they began the project in 1927. It was a source of controversy, too, by the way. The Lakota Sioux Nation that considered the Black Hills to be sacred ground, uh, the Black Hills being the area in which uh, the monument uh, is located, they opposed this project, and it was uh, previously part of the Great Sioux Reservation. But there's an ongoing uh, sculpture going on for uh, recognizing Chief Crazy Horse that is very close to Mount Rushmore. That is an ongoing project and quite a sight to see. So Keystone, South Dakota, a lot of activity going on as work got underway Ninety. 95 years ago on Mount Rushmore, but this morning, they have mostly cloudy skies and 51 degrees. So, Dave, on the Mount Rushmore side, and this is the kind of project you just don't see happening now, I don't know that people could could do it. Do you think that people could agree on who should be up there? Everything you know, so, that's a good p- question. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good question. And there was some, there was some debate as to, uh, you know, you have George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Well, that goes without saying. You know, you're going to have presidents like that memorialized. But Theodore Roosevelt and... Uh, <laughs> Why, why Theodore Roosevelt? Well, there's, there's an answer for that. Theodore Roosevelt was instrumental in helping to establish what we now call the National Park Service. 
and the National Park Service oversees Mount Rushmore right now. So that's one reason why uh, he is there. And of course, Thomas Jefferson, you know, he just wrote the Declaration of Independence. So it's a little doodle that he yeah, happened to come yeah. up with that we seem to re- remember today. You, you look at, I remember those pictures of that. And of course, they didn't have the photo, everybody didn't have a camera on their phone and everything. So we don't have the same sort of record keeping photographically that we do today. I just remember the one, it was the, the artist, right, who was fighting for it. And he's sort of hanging down doing that. It took 12 years. Do you know how many people worked on it or was it just. There was a it, staff. There was a staff and it was headed by a gentleman named Goodson Borg. And we mentioned that uh, the ongoing sculpture that's uh, going on nearby there, a chief crazy horse, was begun by some of the people that worked for Borglum and on the Mount Rushmore Monument. Uh, You know, they started that project 60 years ago, and it's still ongoing. It's just huge. But uh, Borglum had a staff of maybe, you know, 15, 20 people that, that worked on that. But given the technology that they had back then, uh, this is why it was uh, so painstakingly slow. And each head is about 60 feet high. Yeah. So you can imagine the scale of that when you're trying to carve that by hand out of a mountain. Because think about it. Okay, from the road trip side, yeah, a lot of people have gotten out there and seen it. And, you know, it's pretty far away, but it's still big, so 60 feet. But think about this, too. They just didn't have the technology where I think they would probably maybe shine up some sort of laser beam superimposed over the rock so that you could see sort of what you were doing. Wouldn't it be terrible to spend all day, you know, carving this thing up? And we've seen some of those tattoo shows where, you know, you look at it and you're like, that doesn't look like a unicorn. That's a dope Doberman, right? And, <laughs> and then maybe there's a powwow where they're thinking, okay, it really doesn't look like, you know, Millard Fillmore. Let's try to figure out, like, who we can make a case for. And, I mean, I just don't – it's just amazing the undertaking, like, how they had to be able to, oh, I know. to do that really without looking. Yeah. Well, I imagine they had people scoping it out, you know, down on the ground saying, yeah, okay, this is starting to fall into place here. Or, uh, you know, watch it. We're starting to have Abraham Lincoln look more like (laughs) William McKinley or something like that. But uh, I want to mention, by the way, you talk about road trips, uh, Dane. The road leading up to the park is is a wonderful drive, and then at some point you make it, you turn the corner, and there it is. You see it right out of your windshield. I'll never forget seeing that the first time when I was oh, a man. kid. And I also recommend that if you have the opportunity and you're there, go to the evening presentation where it is at night, and they do shine lights on that uh, on the monument. It, it is just beautiful. Well, one of the other things that's a little bit different today, Dave, and you can imagine, of course, being a news professional is that over the course of 12 years a lot can happen you can have somebody that seemed like a good idea then maybe like six years in there's a scandal then what do you do do you (laughs) well you know because you were like hey we're halfway done with him but it's just not appropriate now look at the timeline it started in 1927 they finished 12 years later what happened in that time frame the great depression and they still spend a million dollars to get it done so there, you know, there was a there was an economic collapse in there as uh, as that project was ongoing. Maybe it was stopped for a while and then picked back up. You know, people realizing you know the importance of it. Uh, but it was a very good idea 
uh, by the local people there to try to bring people to visit that part of the country. And before we let you go, Dan, people depend, obviously, on the news side of things and the weather and the far-flung forecast, but you get out and about. This is that time of year in the fall where people are, you know, kind of road tripping a little bit and getting to see some of the foliage. And I know Michigan is a place you go on a regular basis. I hope to be heading there in two weeks, in fact. (laughs) So maybe that, and then maybe another, do you have a place, you know, is it still really nice weather out there for people to get out and see some sights? Well, certainly around anywhere in the Midwest here, we're so fortunate to have uh, great scenery, great waterways, our great lakes are always a great place to see uh, and experience fall color and the cooler temperatures that we enjoy. But I'm headed up to Traverse City, Michigan, uh, the area up there around the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. And also, if you uh, if you enjoy Wisconsin, head further up north uh, toward Bayfield, Wisconsin, and the Apostle Islands up there. That's fantastic. Great time to do it. Probably the next couple weeks better than uh, than ever. And so, Dave, thanks so much for everything. Thanks for jumping on and you sharing. Bet. All right. So when we come back from this break, we are going to have some people are taking a road trip up north to Milwaukee to see the Blackhawks play. So that'll be uh, there'll be a little foliage along the way. And of course, race fans are heading to uh, well, they're already there at Talladega. Race fans are going to be able to watch what happens on the racetrack here in Chicago next year. Julie Giese, who leads the efforts for the NASCAR championship in Phoenix, but is also going to be leading the way for that race next summer here in Chicago. She'll be joining us here as lo- as well as Will Power, right? So he is a two-time IndyCar champion, going to be joining us uh, just after that. So keep it here. It's Dane 720 WGN. Excited to have on the line the driving force of so much of the acclaimed and sold-out action in Phoenix International Raceway as they gear up to host the NASCAR Championship coming up in November. But with all that AZ street credit, our next guest has uh, Midwest Racing Roots and will be leading the way for the first-ever street race, the NASCAR Cup Series, as that great sport and series takes to the street in Chicago coming up. It's the one and only Julie Giese. Julie, welcome to WGN. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. It's also a great time to be in racing, and you're back and forth handling double duties. And for a number of years, we saw challenges, right, for NASCAR and racing. Last couple of years, and exciting moves and expansion of the sport. Talk a little bit about this year, great attendance, great racing playoffs, leading into another exciting championship at your track in Phoenix. Yeah, it's really been a spectacular year so far for NASCAR. I think, I mean, so many different race winners, just absolutely, I mean, the competition on the track is over-delivering, and it's been fantastic. You never know what's going to happen, um, and that really has resonated with our fans. We are seeing so many new fans coming out to our event, attending for the first time. I think, you know, we started that this year, kicking off the season with that Bush Light Clash at the LA Memorial Coliseum, which was just, I mean, an unbelievable way for us to start our season, and we saw over 70% of our, the attendees there were at their very first NASCAR race which is, is tremendous. And it's exciting for us in the sport because there's just so many, so much positive momentum. Yep. NASCAR is being really bold and innovative with its schedule. The next-gen car is delivering on the track along with our drivers. And it, as you said, it's going to culminate here in, at Phoenix Raceway for NASCAR Championship Weekend. I got to say, too, as a person who's been there, attended and covered it at that speedway, you know, and not every racing experience is exactly the same for the fans, but you guys have stepped it up. And so being a part of that, which is whether it's the fan experience, the sight lines, the infield, all of that cool things that people are going to make that pilgrimage down. Talk a little bit about that is just, you know, why you were chosen for this, obviously familiarity with the Midwest, but you're there, I think with NASCAR's most enjoyable experience in Phoenix. Yeah, I think, I mean, Phoenix's experience is second to none. Um, We, 
had that amazing renovation that was completed just four years ago and really has just reinvented the fan experience. NASCAR is all about the fan experience and the accessibility that you have as a fan, whether it be to the racetrack, to our drivers, to the race cars, and the end what we did at Phoenix a few years ago was really just immerse the fans into that access even more. And uh, I think that fan shield infield experience is a game changer. In my opinion, you can actually walk into the NASCAR cup series garages and see the drivers, see the teams working on the cars. You can be part of the Rudolph mortgage victory lane celebration. And then what's really special in, in November is we get to crown four champions and we get to do that with all of our fans that are there just great moments to be part of. And I, I do think when you look ahead to Chicago next year and what we're trying to do, it's, it's continuing to just push the envelope on that experience and recreate it as much as possible, deliver new things and bring something unexpected to our longtime avid fans who are incredibly important to us. And then also just deliver on um, the best experience possible for all of our new fans so that we, that they want to continue to return try different races across the country and watch on television. So when it comes to the, the Midwest roots, you know, we've always known there's tremendous motorsports fans in Illinois and Chicagoland area. I know that. We talk to them on a regular basis on WGN, and we know the Midwest. I got back from the U.S. Nationals down at NHRA. I was up at Slinger with the uh, with a few great NASCAR stars, one of the top short tracks in America. Milwaukee Miles back with motorcycle racing. So the Midwest is known for great race fans. As you guys were putting this together, did that come into play at all that like hey there's you know maybe sort of a sleeping group of fan that can be energized or did you say that hey you know we're just gonna get chicago excited that's what we're gonna do no i mean honestly i think it's both and i think you talk about i mean i grew up in the midwest i'm from wisconsin i've been to slinger been to the mile and i mean there are so many great race fans in the midwest and giving them another opportunity to experience nascar was definitely important to us and then, you know, again, bringing a new audience to the event in Chicago. And, you know, we want our events to just be welcoming and open to everybody. And it's just a great opportunity for us to continue that. So I think both of them come into play. And you just look at what's ahead next July. It's going to be a culmination of a lot of work um, and just a lot of excitement. Earlier this year, I was out with you out uh, at the Clash of the Coliseum. It was amazing to see just logistically to be able to put that together. But also, as you mentioned, Julie, you know, 70% of the tickets were new first-time race fans. Now you're going to be even more integrated in the community, not off in a stadium somewhere, but right on the streets. Was that one of those things, maybe like a proof of concept? Even though I know this takes years to put together the street race, we did sort of the iRacing things, you know, talked about it last year. But was that kind of an encouraging point to see, you know what, hey, Someplace we haven't been, it can work. I think so. I think the clash of the Coliseum really just confirmed, I think, what all of us within the NASCAR industry knows is when our industry puts our mind to something, like we're going to deliver and we're going to deliver really well. And I, I remember when we first started talking about the concept of putting a racetrack inside of a, a football stadium. <laughs> it's crazy. It was like, how does this work? But to just to see how our industry came together to pull that off, um, it took every single person to do that. And the results, again, overwhelmingly positive and i think when you look at the chicago street race it's more of the same it's going to take our entire industry we've not done a street course race in our 75 year history which is just so crazy to think with all the different things that nascar has done over the years this is something that we haven't done and that's a testament to our leadership and to our ownership just to continue to push us forward and take our sport to to new markets And, and you know chicago you talk about the fans i mean Chicago's a top three market for NASCAR fans, so there's a great number of fans. As you said, you you hear from them, you talk to them. I grew up in the area. So, I mean, I think 
it's got a tremendous opportunity. You know, the racing on the track is one thing. Obviously, you know, television numbers are doing well and people are enjoying it on TV. But that fan experience, and you've said it three or four times, and obviously you're living it out in Phoenix. It is such a big part of it. When you think about the most similar situation with the Clash and with Los Angeles and you look at Chicago, out there you built in elements that kind of connected, whether it's with, you know, the artists and the music and the food and the community. And I think you got to do that same thing here in Chicago. So for the fans, I know there's still a lot to put together. They know the track and what's going to happen on that. But I've got to think that there's going to be ways to integrate other like cool experiences for fans that attend that weekend. Absolutely. That's important for us. Like this is an opportunity to provide an experience that no one has seen before. That's um, our longtime fans and all of our new fans. And, you know, it's really important for me to make sure that we are weaving in the culture of Chicago and celebrating Chicago. There's so many great stories, so many talented people, whether it's on the arts community, the, the food scene, the museums, like so many different ways that we can tell the story of Chicago and make sure that this is authentically Chicago. Um, we want this race to be an event that that Chicagoans are very proud of, that they look at it and are like, yeah, we did this. I'm not shy in saying it. I think it is the most anticipated sporting event in 2023. We're going to make it as big and as bold as ever. Um, and we're going to, we want everybody that attends to walk away being like, man, that was a lot of fun. When is the race next year? How quickly can I get back? <laughs> you don't have to say it. I will. I have heard and not just from the racing community, motorsports fans in general, because as new and as innovative and as different as, as this is for the series and for NASCAR, this has never happened in Chicago in this way and at this level. So people are excited about it. We're a year out, right? But people are still super excited about it. You grew up in Wisconsin. I spent a good portion of my formative years up in Wisconsin as well. We know that, but you're spending so much time in Chicago now so maybe outside of the racing thing is you kind of spend more time here integrate yourself into the community even more and kind of see things what sort of things are you like are there things about chicago you didn't know that you like that you're discovering through this process because of the race i mean every time i've been spending a lot of time in chicago over the last several weeks and every time i'm there I, i see something new i learn something new i try to go see something different and the thing that and i knew this but i just now being ingrained it and it's just how much opportunity there is in Chicago and how many things there are to do in Chicago. Again, the beautiful lakeshore, the iconic skyline, the, I mean, Grant Park and all of the parks around the city are absolutely spectacular. I'm looking forward to, to getting back. Like you mentioned, uh, Wisconsin's where I grew up getting closer to home, uh, having seasons, having lived in Florida and Arizona the last almost 20 years. Um, I am looking forward to the seasons and just being a part of the community. That's really important for me. Like I will be relocating there. We're going to set up an office. NASCAR is going to be a member of the community 365 days a year. We're not going to come in and just run a race and leave. Like we are going to be a fabric of the community and giving back to the community is something that will be a priority for me year round. NASCAR fans know like NASCAR is very diligent in making sure that we are giving back and improving the communities in which we race. And Chicago is no different. So we've had a lot of positive conversations with a lot of different organizations on how we can do that, whether it's programs um, in the schools, Boys and Girls Club of America, a very important partner of NASCAR already, the Parks District, um, just so many different ways that we can get involved and make a positive impact over the next year and plus. So that's, that's something that I'm really looking forward to digging into here in the coming weeks. 
Oh, it's going to be awesome. People are so excited for this. Be careful what you wish for, Julie, though, because you say you want to experience the seasons. <laughs> and you may have forgot how unpleasant it can get. But, uh, but then, of course, maybe you need to do a fact-finding mission in a warmer climate for a weekend and get away from it all. But we're excited to have you here. I know tickets are going to be available soon. It's one of those events. I mean, it's it's next year, and there's a lot of things to come into play. But people are going to want to get in on this and be part of that group that says years from now that they were there. So when are they going to be available? I know we're going to get details on events and everything, but we have the date. When can people start sort of reserving their spot? So you can actually um, make a deposit now on an experience um, through our website, NASCARChicago.com. And we are working right now on official ticket dates. It will be here this fall yet. Um, just working through a few more specifics before we can nail down exactly when. But there are deposits available and opportunities to learn more about the different experiences that we will have available. Obviously, because we are in a park setting, um, this isn't thousands and thousands of reserved grandstand seats. There's not a feasible way to do that. We will have some, but a lot of different ways to experience the event, whether it's through a general admission, premium hospitality, those reserved grandstand seats. So it will be a, a different way to experience the event as well. And if you just go online to NASCARChicago.com, you'll start to see some previews of the things we're working on. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be cool. We'll have links up for all of it at WGNRadio.com. And we'll let you get back to it. We know you're heading back and forth, sort of handing the wrap-up of the NASCAR season and the championship that is coming up and through those playoffs, a big part of all of it. And Chicago will be in that team photo of great locations next year for the NASCAR Cup Series. So excited about it all. So thank Thanks, Julie, for everything you're doing for racing, for the sport, for the Midwest, and thanks for jumping on the show today. Absolutely, and just thanks to you and to um, all of our NASCAR fans for their continued support on this event. We're really looking forward to hosting it. Looking forward to learning, too. I mean, that's important for me, and part of the big reason I wanted to be part of this event is is learning how we can continue to just move the, the ball forward and um, deliver just absolutely the best experience. So thanks to everybody involved, and look forward to what's ahead. One of the all-time greats in motorsports and racing, one of IndyCar's biggest stars, Indy 500 champion and two-time IndyCar Series champion, the driver of the number 12 Verizon Chevrolet for Team Penske, the one and only Will Power. Welcome to WGN. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no. You're, you're going to be on a lot of places. Wow, winning. That's what it's all about. Now, you're racing as well as ever. You're still you're still a young guy, but with the accolades and records that are piling up, they're getting into the legendary zone. So fifth all-time in wins, passing Mario Andretti for most polls. Does it make you think how long can it last, or with things going this well, do you think, why stop? Yeah, a bit of both. <laughs> definitely definitely enjoying my racing at this uh part of my career knowing that you know this this stuff doesn't last forever and uh yeah just just enjoying it not really even thinking about the records or anything well other people are thinking about i mean you think about some of those records you mentioned the word forever some people thought that pole record for mario might last that long and so i know he's thinking about it does it does he give a call i mean is that one of those things where you get a call from him congratulating you or is this something that'll just happen down the road has he reached out he was there and uh, he congratulated me after getting the pole. And um, yeah, no, he's uh, obviously an icon of the sport and was a massive fan of his as a, as a kid. Yeah. So the last race, of course, you know, the patience and clinching, and you had two race wins this season. But throughout the courses of making, I don't know if you've had, had time, right? The smoke isn't even really cleared yet. Have you thought back to the season? Are there one or two sort of memorable moments where you were feeling like, hey, this is really kind of shaping up to be on track for a great season? 
Yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a slow process that unfolded and, you know, as you know, it's over 17 races and they've, it's, it's all got to head in the right direction, but, uh, it was definitely just a, yeah, one of my most consistent seasons of my career, uh, having nine podium finishes and yeah, just enjoyed it. I really did. I really enjoyed it. Talk a little bit about this, you know, as much as happens on the track, talk about the support at home and even on the sponsor side and how much that means. Obviously, you have to drive the car, but you shared how your wife had predicted success this season. You mentioned your longstanding support from Verizon. As much credit as you get and deserve, obviously, driving the car. But how important is it to have all that positivity around? Uh, Yeah, I've been lucky. You know, I've, uh, you know, obviously my wife telling me that before the season started that, you know, I'd surpass Mario Andretti in polls and I'd, I'd win the championship was, actually gave me confidence in myself but um yeah and i've just been super fortunate to have a sponsor like verizon for i want to say it's probably uh close to 14 years now and um been a great partnership great partnership and you know obviously very lucky to drive for roger pansky and give me the opportunity to win win week in week out you know it's uh you couldn't ask for a better situation as a driver you look at Team Penske, a dynasty, really, right? So much success over so many decades, all areas of motorsports. But, you know, the other drivers and teams, they're trying hard to win, too. Talk a little bit about the dynamic at Penske importance and, and just how excited everybody is, you know, that it all comes together for a championship. Have they? Has everybody mm-hmm. from, like, the Penske family and all over congratulated you? This adds to the trophy case. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, it, it, it's great having the whole Penske family there and, you know, just winning for Roger is such a such an honour, really. I mean, when you think about the history of that team and um, you know what they've achieved, and yeah, like I said, I'm I'm very fortunate. A great group of people that uh, make the team operate and and uh, make all the gears mesh perfectly to to have these sort of results. So, Will, how are you going to celebrate? It sounds like you might want to celebrate with like a week long nap. You know, so just get out there, kind yeah, of yeah. <laughs> rest. That's me. about right. Now. I like, <laughs> I could just honestly lie on a couch right now and go to sleep for a few hours. Uh, but I have a plane ride soon, so I'll probably, uh, probably fall asleep on that. But yeah, I'm like, I can't tell you over the whole weekend and the week leading up, very, very tiring and very stressed. And, uh, a lot of pressure. Uh, you don't sleep very well, so yep, ready to ready to have a bit of a break from the the grueling season. Well, the fans see all that excitement, the podiums, the champagne, and all that. So, have you planned out? You know, once you get sort of rested and recharged, have you guys thought about how you guys maybe as a family are going to celebrate? Are you going to get out and do anything different? Maybe travel a little bit, see family. I know last time we talked, that was an issue with the with the pandemic and everything. And so now things are fully open. Once you get super recharged, do you guys have anything cool planned? Oh, man, I, I just I just want to get back and see my parents in Australia. Um, I haven't seen them for three years, so yep. that's that's the goal. Hopefully, here in the next couple of weeks, that's that's what I'm thinking. So, uh, once we get through all this stuff, I, I really want to get back and see my family. Well, it's you know a big congratulations. Obviously, a huge fan base out there for everything that you do and and all of those accolades and recognition. It's all super well deserved because you know you got to think about it. Not only are you representing your, you know your family, Will Power Penske, but right the entire sport. IndyCar is as strong as ever, and uh, and that's in a big part because of you in this season and everything that you've been doing throughout your career. So we'll let you get back to it. And hopefully, the back to it includes a nice nap. And then uh, congratulations, Will Power. We'll talk to you soon thanks for jumping on the show 
720 WGN High atop Chicago in the Skyline Studio. And excited to have on the line one of Barbecue's greatest stars, television personalities, author, multi-time world champion, and a member of Barbecue's Hall of Fame, the one and only Tuffy Stone. Welcome to WGN. Hey, Dane. Thank you so much. It's good to be on your show again. And uh, I, I get embarrassed every time you introduce me. So it's, it's, <laughs> we're just going to have to say, Tuffy Stone, Chief Cook. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a break. You, you have a big business card, but you deserve it, right? And uh, people need to know who they're hearing from. That's for sure. And uh, it, it's this time of year again, right? It's the end of the barbecue season. If things have gone very, 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 very well for you, you're getting an opportunity to cook at the Jack. You've won. And I got to say, as, as big as other contests are, probably the most prestigious competition in the world of barbecue. Talk about it for the listeners that may not be up to speed. Just what it means to a pit master and a barbecue team to talk about what really is an aspirational competition, the Jack. Well, the the, the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Invitational. Uh, first of all, if if you your if your listeners if you've never been to the community of Lynchburg, Tennessee, I highly recommend that you uh, travel and visit uh, one day if you if you have time. It's just a, a slice of Americana. Just a beautiful community. It's beautiful people. Old Town Square. Uh, do a tour of the distillery. Go eat at Miss Mary Bobo's. Just, just I, I, you'll love the community. It's great. And so every October, Jack Daniels hosts and puts on the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Invitational, and it'll be right there by Mulberry Creek, uh, just right off the Town Square. And normally you'll have over 100 teams competing from all over the world. And it's a prestigious contest to cook because you got, you got to win to get there. You got to get invited. Uh, they'll have, uh, they'll have the international teams all in one section. They'll have the best teams from all over the world, all over the United States cooking. And it's just really, really exciting. And, and as that event kicks off, and and the smoke starts to rise, and that that they call it the holler. That holler gets the smelling so good. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a cool. It's a very cool event. Yeah, I mean, you think about some of the great competitions from around the country, and they all have their own unique appeal and sort of vibe to it. One of the great things about the Jack and you hit on it, Tuffy, is that not only is it the greatest champions, you people who have won and won in the biggest way throughout the year in order to earn their spot at the Jack, but also their country, right, from around the country, from around the world, those teams are getting in there. And, uh, of course, you in the background for the listeners, classically trained French cuisine and all that, and you're seeing some of these teams coming from around the world Talk a little bit about that where, you know, sometimes to have maybe different training or a different perspective on food can be important in barbecue. Well, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's funny you bring that up because when I first stepped into cooking barbecue, I came from French background and, and I did not have the success that I was looking for initially. And I had to just kind of back up and, and, and listen and learn and, and figure out, you know, I, I always say that barbecue is like the friendliest food. It's a, it's a, it's a, Cuisine that's historically, you know, feeding large gatherings of people, family reunions, picnics. It's taking the tougher cuts of meat, trying to coax something great out of them, and and you know, just usually feeding large groups of people. And you know, I, I kind of stepped into barbecue initially with all of you know my gourmet background, and I, I had to kind of like you know, I had to just like watch and learn and, and have some mentors. Once I kind of learned the the expected flavors of barbecue, then I was able to come in with some of my other culinary training and, and weave that into how I cooked barbecue. And, and that has served me well. Now you take the international teams, you'll see uh, some of those cooks 
that come from a, a background maybe similar to my cooking background. But you'll also see you'll see people that are very successful in cooking barbecue that don't have that they're not even in food service. You know, they just are really good at cooking barbecue. You know, so there's a lot of ways to get there. You know, I think the Jack is always kind of interesting. You know, take a talk about you know old number seven. Uh, you've got to turn in seven portions. They're gonna they're gonna cook chicken, pork ribs, pork butt, beef brisket. And so there'll be those four categories there. And you've got to turn in, you know, a minimum of seven entries with the chicken. Something that makes the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Invitational um, unique is, is they, they challenge you to cook both white meat and dark meat. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, dark meat, legs, thighs can be a little bit more forgiving uh, if we overcook it a little bit. And uh, the breast meat, you know, that's going to, if you overcook it, it's going to get dry quick. So, you know, at the, the Jack, you got you got to cook both. But I don't know. You know, talking about the international teams, Dane, it's like um, I think the energy that they bring. These, these these teams come down there, you know, they'll have the parade on Friday night where all the teams kind of, you know, walk through the town. And then they go up on the hill for a little gathering on Friday night. But these, these international teams, uh, they just bring so much spirit. I always get so happy and excited to, to watch watch some of these teams from all over the world come in. Yep, and they're getting better and better, too, and contending for championships, winning some in certain categories as well, and that's due in no small part to some of the things that you're doing. So talk about this stuff. As the Jack invites a lot of these teams from around the world to America, you and other stars of the barbecue world, you're traveling around the world now. There is an insatiable appetite for the educational side, for some of the inspiration and things that you bring on the appearance side. You guys are going all over. Yeah, Dane. I mean, uh, this year, you know, we COVID kind of like locked us up there for a bit, but I've started traveling again this year. I've gone to Costa Rica to teach and work a barbecue festival. I've been to Australia where I went over there uh, with Yeti and we taught in three different Weber stores. We, we taught uh, barbecue. We did a dinner. I just recently was at an amazing event. We had about five, six Americans over there, five maybe in Brazil, Churrascada. About 4,000 people there, live fire cooking. I've been to Australia a number of times, New Zealand. I've been to Europe. So, I mean, it's it's interesting how global this interest is in, in, in wanting to cook meats with live fire. I mean, it's crazy, right? Well, it's great. You know, barbecue, we always talk about it, brings people together in a bunch of ways. You mentioned family reunions, group gatherings, all that kind of stuff. And the barbecue community itself is like no other. We, we laugh about it, right? The hamburger guys aren't doing this kind of stuff. They're not getting together to support great causes and, and support each other. And the camaraderie is one of the things I think that also makes the Jack really great. One of the most important recognitions that you can get in barbecue is the Pioneer Award. And talk a little bit about that because you know you've won that that is another great element that happens right there at the jack and it's you know you're there with all your friends well you know anybody that knows me well knows that i can i can get a little emotional and uh so at the last jack they awarded me the pioneer barbecue award and uh and it was interesting because uh they moved the awards up a little sooner than i thought they were to be so me and my uncles and my team were walking to awards. Unfortunately, my father had passed, so he's always been a key part of my team. And anyways, we were walking to awards, and 
my phone started blowing up. Next thing I know, a couple of golf carts come running by and they grab me <laughs> and off we go to awards. And, and they had called me at the awards for that, you know, that award. And I wasn't there. And, uh, and I got up on the stage and I just got, I got really emotional. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I just, it, it, you know, barbecue for me was just uh, initially this most simple idea of trying to reconnect as a chef. I thought buying a barbecue pit, getting some pork butts, trying to make a rub, lighting a fire, trying to learn how to cook, you know, barbecue with a live fire would be a, a grounding experience for me to reconnect as a chef. And um, had no idea ever that barbecue would take me on the journey that it's taken me on. And, you know, Jack Daniels, the Jack Brown Foreman. Um, and I've said this so many times, they, they create this, they create this opportunity for, for dreams to come true and all the volunteers of that event and, and the Debbie and, you know, just all the people that make that happen, Greg, you know, there's just all the town. They just, they, they put on this magical event, and it's just, I, it, it's, I've been so blessed, uh, and so fortunate with the, with the, the days that I've had there. I, you know, it's interesting, Dane. So I've, I've competed at the Jack 11 times and this year I'm going down to the holler for the Jack for the first time, not competing. And I'm going to be cooking. This is really exciting for me. I'm going to be cooking dinner on Thursday night at Miss Mirany Bobo's. And me and uh, Chef Chris, we're going to collaborate. And part of the menu is going to be classics from Miss Mary Bobo's. And part of it's going to be recipes that that are my recipes. And it's going to be, you know, uh, know, it sold out like within a week. So that was pretty exciting. But we're going to uh, to have a dinner on Thursday night. It's going to be the first time that that's happened at the Jack. And then... You know, Friday morning, you'll wake up and all those teams will start, you know, head down, getting focused, trying to get ready to, to compete and do their best. Friday night, we'll go up on the hill. You know, I'm usually so busy with my competition. I don't make it up on the hill that much. So I'm excited this year to be going up on the hill. Of course, there'll be the, the competition, the turn-ins on Saturday and awards Saturday night. I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to go down there and not be competing. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to judge yet. You know, they, they sent me an invitation to judge. And I was telling my friend, uh, Greg, Litters, I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, Debbie, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to judge the Jack until, until I, I've hung up my competition hat. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go down there and if I can volunteer and help in any way with the, uh, you know, you know, I'm just going to go down there and help and cook and, and, and see old friends and meet new ones. Well, Tuffy, it's going to be one of those things because you know, some of the best stuff, and tell it for the listeners too, they're going to be able to make their way down to Lynchburg to the Hollow to enjoy. It's the, you know the sights, the sounds, the smells of the Jack, and you'll be able to enjoy some of that stuff, that party up on Barbecue Hill, and just everything else that goes on that isn't part of the cook that you've been so fortunate to be a part of and to win. You mentioned and let the listeners know we're talking with Barbecue Hall of Famer Tuffy Stone. Is um, you mentioned the journey, right? The journey that barbecue is taken you on and what has been great is you have taken so many of your fans and so many fans of great barbecue along with you whether it's the tv stuff or the books or some of the other things certainly paying it forward on the education side too with the cooking classes and the products so let's talk a little bit about that because you've been hard at work giving people the tools and the spices to follow in your footsteps as best they can right for great barbecue 
Well, you know, so you're, first of all, you're kind to say all that. Uh, you know, I've always been teaching. Cooking has always been really important to me. And, and early in my career, uh, I was teaching uh, in Richmond, Virginia, where I live. And I was just teaching, you know, gourmands or foodies how to, you know, make all different types of food at a, at a, there was a cooking school in, in Richmond. And then I got into barbecue, uh, later down the road and, and after enjoying, you know, so much good fortune in, in competitive barbecue and learning and enjoying the process of making barbecue, I felt like it was time to, to try and share and to teach and to help, you know, people make better barbecue in their, in their backyard. Or if you want to go out there and compete, I've taught those kind of classes too. I, I really just like to try and maybe demystify or, or, or maybe minimize the challenges that someone might have when they're making the first rack of ribs or brisket or whatever it might be. So I, I really enjoy that process. And, you know, I've had barbecue products out for a while, but I probably about a year and a half ago, I said, you know, I think I can make these products better. And so I spent probably six months just tweaking recipes. I, I created some new ones. Uh, I switched my labeling from Cool Smoke to Tuffy Stone. So I've got new packaging and labels that, that uh, a buddy of mine, Brady, did out of Texas. And, and, and I feel happy about the packaging. I've got three rubs right now, two sauces. But my goal with those products was just, man, if you're going to babysit a rack of ribs for four hours or, or cook a pork butt for eight to 12 hours or a brisket eight to 12 hours, uh, just giving you some some ingredients that can, you know, hopefully make that a really, really delicious. Helping people kind of create their own history in the, in their own backyard or wherever it is that they're making barbecue. Absolutely. Plus also, you know, on the history side for the Jack, so much great history. Uh, making some new history, too, with the Champions Dinner there. And, of course, such a big part of some of those great historical and memorable moments down there in the Hollow Four the Jack Daniels Invitational World Champion uh, Barbecue. So, Tuffy, as we let you go, what's that website where people can go to get more information about you, all your adventures, appearances? Of course, they'll see you at the Jack, and where can they catch up with your adventures? Easy peasy, just TuffyStone.com, or if you if you like to follow people on Facebook or Instagram, uh, TuffyStone is my handle there, too, and T-U-F-F-Y-S-T-O-N-E. That's my website. That's my facebook that's my instagram that's uh, you know i only did one tiktok so far so <laughs> I, I, I still have a lot to learn with TikTok. <laughs> we'll have links for all of it up at wgnradio.com we'll let you get back to it out there uh working the brand and working the booth and of course we'll see you as so many others will down there at the jack so toughy thanks for i can't everything. wait to see you <laughs> well, yeah thank you for everything it's always a pleasure to be on your show i can't, can't thank you enough for having me again yeah thanks toughy for jumping on we'll talk to you soon all right, man. Thank you. On the line is one of the iconic voices in sports broadcasting. You've heard him with the Kansas City Chiefs, called championships with the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bulls, and the Green Bay Packer. The man with the dagger himself, Wayne Larrabee, welcome to the show. Good to be with you guys. You know, your career, you know, you get started on the major level. You know, you go back and you were at Iowa and, and so, but you get into the Chiefs in 78, and then you go to the Bears, and then you go to the Packers in 98. And, and so, you know, you spent... All that time, you know, 14, 15 years in Chicago, and then you go to Green Bay. What was it like being a beloved voice for the Bears and then going to the Packers? How was that first game with the Packers versus the Bears, and what were your sentiments back then? (laughs) That's an interesting story because it was a very emotional week for all of us. 
that was the week Walter Payton passed away. And uh, they had a memorial service down at Soldier Field on the Saturday before the Bears and Packers played in Lambeau the next day. So uh, anyway, this is the old press box of Lambeau Field. And the, the home and visiting booths were right next to one another. And so uh, it's 1999. I'm in my first year with the Packers. It was a back and forth game. And, uh, you know, I'd been a part of the uh, Packers-Bears rivalry. But uh, the teams I had broadcast for had lost like nine in a row. The Bears had lost like nine straight to the Packers. So here we are doing this game. And uh, the game finishes. The Bears come out with a win on a field goal of some sort. And anyway, my statistician from my years with the Bears hands me a note saying, you're now 0, for, 0 of your last 10 in the Bears-Packers rivalry. So, <laughs> but that, no, <laughs> that had to be an emotional day for you, it though. Funny. It was, it was, you know, in for many respects, many respects, it was emotional, but, um, you know, it, it was a weird time because thank God we don't have social media the way we have it today back then. But I, I can tell you this, people in Chicago were mad at me for leaving and going to the Packers and people in, uh, the Packers in Wisconsin, uh, were wondering what the hell do they do hiring the Packers broadcasters, <laughs> yeah, exactly. having the Bears broadcasters do the Packers. So it's exciting to have uh, on the line with us. He is the uh, the host of the Jim Bob Show, the Roar Podcast Series here on uh, WGN. Jim Bob Morris. Jim, welcome to, welcome to the show. Dang, thanks for having me, buddy. I'm excited about this week. we got a ton of stuff coming up for the Jim Bob and Dane Show, and I'm looking forward to it. We've got uh, we got the Hall of Fame uh, inductees this week, and we got I'm going to be meeting with a couple of those guys later this afternoon somewhere around Chicago. I got Chilios, we got Erlacher, we got a host of them. We got a ton of people coming in. Got Jeremy Roenick later this evening, so uh, maybe we'll bump into you. We'll we'll share some libations. Yeah, we, well, you never know. And just we, in the 20 seconds where we got to go, we're late for news, but we're going to have them for the listeners. It's going to be every Thursday. New episodes are going to drop. Terry Bradshaw, Patrick Mahomes, Brian Erlacher, so many different stars from the walks of sports and of course entertainment so jim looking forward to it we'll let you go and get back to your day but thanks for jumping on see you buddy i'll see you soon all right we're going to take a break and we come back more dane 720 wgn 720 wgn high atop chicago skyline studios we get into some of the cooler temperatures of fall the action and anticipation is heating up for the competition from around the world and of course the fire so the most exclusive and prestigious competition in the world of barbecue as we close in on the jack daniels world championship barbecue invitational it happens right there in the hollow of the distillery and the guy with his hand on the pulse of every drop that comes out of there for that iconic brand and beloved spirit is the master distiller for jack daniels the one and only chris fletcher welcome to wgn thank you dane how you doing i'm doing great how are you doing Ah, fantastic. Really, really excited to be talking barbecue again. <laughs> we'll talk barbecue and a little whiskey. They go great <laughs> together. You know they do. It has been it has been such a hot summer. People are looking forward to some of the mild temperatures of fall. Barbecue fans, some of the greatest pitmasters in the world, excited to get in on things in Lynchburg. So how are you guys doing? Are you guys getting ready to roll? The smoke gets ready to roll for the jack. Yeah, we are. I, I agree. I think everybody is starting to, to turn their eyes to fall, and everything at the distillery has been going really well. Um, really an exciting time to be making whiskey. And, um, you know, again, after, um, you know, we got back, we we're able to get back together last year for the barbecue. I think we we're kind of getting our feet back under ourselves, you know, obviously after taking a year off um, for the pandemic. Um, and things really, it kind of feels like we're returning to normal for real. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, and October 15th, we're so excited to welcome everybody back to Lynchburg 
and get this barbecue competition underway. <laughs> you know, so here's the thing. People can imagine, listeners, of course, and they watch some of the television. Michael Simon just had a thing where they followed some of the competition barbecue around, so people are getting some insight into that. Specific to the Jack, there are so many elements that are different, unique, and special about what it is that happens. Certainly the cooking and the judging and all that. But for the other things, whether it's like the parade or, you know, Barbecue Hill, talk a little bit about what the teams and, and the people experience outside of maybe the cook here at the Jack. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, the, the competitors are coming in here, you know, with one thing on their mind, and that's the competition. Um, but there's a lot going on in the town of Lynchburg. Um, you know, everything is mostly set up on the Lynchburg Town Square and also in Wiseman Park, which is right behind the Lynchburg Town Square. Um, and there'll be activities going on all day long on Saturday, October 15th. Certainly very family-friendly, lots of things for, for the kids to do. Um, there's the, the famous country dog contest. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but, um, but I hear it's a lot of fun, but you know, it's really a great day. You know, hopefully we have great weather. We, we just look forward to, to welcoming people down to Lynchburg during, you know, one of the most beautiful times of the year and right in the middle of October. So we'll be getting back to some of the things people know and love about the Jack with all those traditions. And on the spirit side of it, a lot of people out there think, you know, you're purist, right? It's not broke. Don't fix it. Don't mess with it. Don't change it. You guys are always out there kind of experimenting, not only giving people the classics that they know and love, but also kind of stretching and reaching out, giving fans of the brand even more things to appreciate. So talk a little bit about that. This year, getting into the the super ultra premium side of thing with Bonded, and then you've got the distillery series there's some cool things happening yeah absolutely well you know right now our, our jack daniels bonded as you mentioned um, that's a bottle and bond version of our classic old number seven tennessee whiskey um and so the biggest difference there in the flavor is going to be the proof 100 proof really the, the design around that was to put something in the bottle that is really going to cut through in classic cocktail applications um so you know folks that love manhattan's old fashions any whiskey forward cocktail it's perfect to pull for that. Um, and then also more experimental, you mentioned the distillery release. We have just bottled up our next two distillery releases. And so our assistant distiller, Lexi Phillips, she selected um, a double-barreled rye whiskey finished in a toasted oak barrel. And her husband, who also works at the distillery, Josh, is releasing a double-barreled rye, but the second barrel being a maple barrel. So we have this really fun nice. his and hers expression yeah, those are sold in Tennessee only, mostly at the distillery for people that make it down. But we're also this fall working on our special release whiskey that will be coming out later into the fall. And we're very excited because that is our first fully offered American single malt whiskey, which is a 100% malted barley whiskey, of course, made right here in Lynchburg. Wow. Okay. Wow. So that's some cool and exciting stuff. And when people think about a part of the Jack and the, the whole experience there is the exclusivity. You have to be a world champion or champion of your country in order to even get to compete. But for the fan side of things to get down there, experience that, the sights, the sounds, certainly the smells, and then some of these special ways, right? Because in Lynchburg, you have the store, you've got, you know, all those things. And then you mentioned some of these releases that are only available in your state. That's right. You know, we, we like to have something um, in our own gift shop there, the White Rabbit Bottle Shop at the end of our tours. It's located in our visitor center. Um, but something special for people that, you know, they can't get when they get back home. And and it also it's fun for, for me and Lexi and our whiskey making team because we sort of get to go into the lab and experiment a little bit and see what flavors we can create. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, our whiskey is just the grain and water and the wood from the barrel, right? That's all there is. 
that goes into it. Um, and it's about how can we manipulate that? How can we work with Mother Nature to create these interesting new flavors? And that's what's so fun about the distillery lead. So people coming down, um, you won't be able to get a bottle back home. So you might want to grab one when you visit. <laughs> you talk about all the good things to appreciate about, and there's no place like home. But for you, have you been traveling more? And uh, and if you are, are you enjoying that? I know during the pandemic, things have been understandably limited. But are you getting back out to that sort of global ambassador role that you have, you know, where you're taking the brand around the world? Yeah, yeah, I, I really am. And it's, it's exciting. You know, I've, I've missed it. I've missed that connection with people. Uh, and I know that I echo that statement. Um, could 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 be relatable to everybody really in the, in the world during these last couple of years. So it is fun to be able to connect one on one with people. You know, not not through a computer screen. And I, I think that's the great thing about our whiskey. And I think you know, Mister Jack himself. Um, you know, his product, his whiskey. He owned the the saloons in town and would hire bands to come in and play these big open public parties. He brought people together, and that's what's so exciting now is. Being able to get back out there, um, shake hands, look people in the eye, and enjoy a great glass of Tennessee whiskey. One of the unique and very cool things about the Jack is that it brings not only America's great champions together to compete for that title, but also the best barbecue teams from countries around the world. We just talked about you getting out more, traveling a little bit. Are there countries you know that are representative that you know you have this opportunity to do a little networking where you know they're obviously focused on the barbecue side of things and appreciate that, but maybe you you know, kind of get with them a little bit and share a little bit more about the brand itself that they may not be as familiar with. Yeah, it's it's really amazing um, how Jack Daniels connects with folks all over the world. And we have teams, like you said, from across Europe, um, even, you know, Japan and different different places. And it's amazing that they, they've made this trek to Lynchburg um, to compete in our barbecue competition and, and compete for, for the title of, of grand champion. And it, it never it never ceases to amaze me though how people connect to a product that's made in the second smallest county in the state of Tennessee, you know, a town with one stoplight. Yet it, it's in 172 different countries officially, um, and we're pretty sure even countries that we don't officially distribute in, it probably makes its way in there one way or the other. And so it is amazing of of how. You know, our, our brand and our whiskey makes friends all over the world. Um, and it's one of my favorite things about what we do. You know, the bragging rights and a little bit of barbecue immortality that comes with winning the Jack is really the big prize. But I know as far as prize and dollars, those have increased recently, right, to make this a pretty significant payday as well. Talk a little bit about that. Obviously, it's a big deal for the teams to get a chance even just to compete, much less win the Jack. But talk about everything with them, um, you know, and, and the dollars and some of the things that they leave with, whether they're like grand champions, reserve grand champions. That's right. So, um, you know, each category, whether it be pork ribs, brisket, shoulder, um, chicken, sauce, dessert, um, each of those comes with its own prize money. But the, the ultimate prize, the one that, that the bragging rights that you refer to, Dane, $25,000 uh, goes to wow. the world grand champion for us. Um, and, you know, even if we if we back up and just getting to the Jack, as, as I call it, the Jack Daniels World Championship, um, you, you have to win. You have to be a champion. You're right. You have to be a champion of a state competition um, or that you're winning a, a category outright at one of the other big barbecues, whether it be Houston, Memphis, or, or Kansas City. Um, and so this is, um, you know, kind of the best of the best, right? I, I was a, a friend of mine. We were in Florida the other day. We were talking about it, and uh, he said, this is like Top Gun. This is like going to Top Gun school. <laughs> uh, and so it's the best of the best, so to speak, to make that correlation. And I thought that was a pretty good analogy. 
Um, but it, it really is amazing what, what these folks do with barbecue. It's serious business for them, and it's a lot of fun for me to be able to try some of the best barbecue in the world. For more information on all things Jack Daniels, obviously get it anywhere fine spirits are sold in great restaurants, bars, hotels around the world. For more information on the new spirit expressions, events, cool things that you guys and your team have in the works, Chris, where can they go? Yeah, come to jackdaniels.com. You can get all information on all things Jack Daniels, and also you can get all the information on our World Championship Barbecue on October 15th. Look forward to seeing everybody in Lynchburg. Chris Fletcher, Master Distiller, Jack Daniels, thanks so much for everything you guys are doing, not only for great flavors, obviously the brand and spirits and the sport of food sport and all that, and thanks for uh, jumping on the show today. Thank you so much, Dane. I appreciate it and look forward to seeing you soon. So many people, I'm sure, are heading up north of the border as uh, the Blackhawks are going to break out the Bandito. As you know, every time the Blackhawks score a goal, they break out the Bandito for El Bandito Yankee. And when it comes to north of the border headquarters for the Spirit in Milwaukee, there is one place. Polly's across the Milwaukee Miles, so got that racing pedigree as well. Polly Budiak is on the line with us. Polly, welcome to WGN. Morning, Dane. Thanks. So it's another morning, just an average, everyday, awesome morning for Polly's Pub right there across the Milwaukee Mile. But now you have all your regular sports that are happening. But now you've added NHL to it as well. There's uh, a lot of people excited about the hockey game. Yeah, uh, stoked. First time that I'm going to see the Blackhawks in action today. So uh, courtesy of you guys. So thank you very much. Well, think about this. is you know, And there's a lot of winter sports. A lot of kids play. I spent a good portion of my former years up in Wisconsin. And we love hockey, play hockey. The Badgers are great. Is that, you know, for, were you surprised when that Fiserv Arena, I don't know what the capacity is. I got to think it probably holds, you know, 15, 18,000. It sold out in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that was something that started, I think, with the Pettits a long time ago with the Pettit Center. Uh, they had a vision of the NHL coming, never came to fruition. So this is the next best, best thing, and people are hungry. So last thing before we let you go, we're going to get to Claire Koenig for Visit Milwaukee. Lots of people heading up. So give the address for Paulie's, and if people want to come out and visit you early on their way to go ahead and see those Blackhawks, where can they go? Sure. Uh, 8031 West Greenfield Avenue, West Dallas, Wisconsin, 53214 81st in Greenfield. We've got four vans and two buses available for a shuttle starting at 4.30 today. So you can get up there, have a little El Bandito, and then Polly will get you to the game and back, and so you can enjoy all of it to the fullest extent. Polly, thanks so much for everything you're doing up there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Right on. Have a great day. All right. When it comes to Milwaukee, we know that there is going to be a lot of people up there uh, that are going to be experiencing not just the game, right, but they're going to experience all that Milwaukee has to offer. We've got the executive director, or I think she's the director of communications for Visit Milwaukee, Claire Koenig. Uh, welcome to WGN. Thanks for having me. So I know that you couldn't sleep last night. I mean, if you're up all night because <laughs> of the excitement. I know a lot of Blackhawk fans are excited to see it's, uh, you know, they say there's almost no substitute for seeing the Blackhawks live at the United Center with everything that goes along with it. Even though it's a neutral site, this is a road game for the Hawks. And uh, But talk a little bit about it. It's a home game for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And from what I heard, I mean, it'll be jam-packed with Wisconsinite. I was just reading this morning that 81% of the ticket sales went to Wisconsinite, which is amazing. I mean, that still means we'll have tons of people coming up from Chicago, Northern Illinois, who who come up and are amazing sports fans all year long in Milwaukee. Um, but, I mean, we're really excited. This hasn't happened in 29 years. 
So think about this. People are in there for one reason. I think the game is coming up early this evening. They're going to get there. They're probably on their way up there now from wherever, from Wisconsin, and of course, you know, from uh, Illinois and from other places too. Minnesota, I'm sure, is going to be sending a contingency as well. So what other things can people do, whether they're waiting for the game to start? I know around that Fiserv area, there's going to be some exciting things happening, you know, at the Mecca and some of those other bars, and they've got time to, you know, fit in some other Milwaukee activities. Yeah, definitely. Well, the Harley, excuse me, the world's only Harley-Davidson Museum will, I'm sure, be a popular spot. I mean, it's one of our largest attractions year-round. It has a huge international following. It also happens to have a really great restaurant, Um, so it's a perfect spot to grab some food before you go in or just cheese curds and beer. Um, That'll be busy, I'm sure. We know brewery tours and, like, beer history tours are super popular with sports fans of all kinds, so I would expect Lakefront Brewery and their absolutely iconic tour um, that is hilarious and uh, sometimes R-rated if the what? crowd is up for it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that'll be really I, busy. Wait, Claire, I've yeah, never heard yeah. a brewery tour be described as hilarious and R-rated. I mean, maybe for the people well, on the tour themselves, but maybe not the tour you know, directors. You know, there's... Um, there's a lot of jokes that can be made when you're working in a brewery all day long. And, you know, um, Lakefront has a lot of stand-up comics that this is like their side hustle to support their comedy stuff. Um, <laughs> they have a lot of rep actors. So their tour guides are just the best in the business, and they can read a crowd. And if the crowd is up for it, the jokes the jokes get a little spicy. So, um, <laughs> But they, in addition to that... Um, best place at the historic Paps brewery that is absolutely below i mean it'll look like a cubs um outpost when the cubs are in town i'm sure they'll be busy today Paps mansion um that's captain frederick Paps mansion they do uh, some incredible house tours you can have a pbr in hand while you're doing one i bet that will be very busy and then of course the deer district is going to be popping i'm sure it is already um and then uh third street market hall that's our newest food hall right in the heart of downtown it's about three blocks from the deer district and they've got um in addition to probably about a dozen food vendors of all kinds they've got um uh all sorts of like hand games they have a selfie museum they have one of those virtual top golf a, sel- yeah, so a selfie music. Well, there's going to be a lot of selfies on social media. I know that. In the 20 seconds we've got left, I know people are going to get up there and do it. Give the website for people to check out all that stuff happening in Milwaukee before we let you go. Sure. Visit Milwaukee.org. Head to events for all the events, but otherwise all of those attractions can be found there, too. Claire Koenig, she's there. It's going to be uh, Action Central for sports fans. All right. Thanks so much, Claire. We we love having you on. Thanks. And everybody's going to be heading up there. Great day for sports fans. Keep it here for more Hampton OB coming up. It's been Dane here on 720 WGN.